Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Making Sense of It All with Jesse Stakes. So this week we're going to be talking about a different kind of sense. To be specific, we're going to be talking about the sense of sight. So many people in this world, including myself, take the ability to see for granted. I can't even imagine what it would be like to struggle to see. It would be so frustrating. What if you were a child that had never had an eye exam and you didn't even know that the blur that you see in front of you isn't the same thing that other kids see in class when they look at the board? Could you imagine how difficult it would be to even learn the most basic of things? Let's take it a step further and talk about social cues and the social impact of this. Maybe other kids make fun of you and tease you for being the dumb kid in class. Or your parents get upset at you because they feel like you don't put effort into school and you get poor grades. Now let's jump ahead to adult life. Maybe things didn't go your way or you have medical issues that put you in a tough spot and you're unable to care for yourself and your vision the way that you absolutely should. You gotta work. You have to be able to take care of your family and take care of yourself. But if you can't see to drive to work, or if you're unable to see a computer screen or read, God knows that you need to do all of those things in today's world. My guest this week is Cheryl Stakes. She's the program director at Vision is Priceless in Jacksonville, Florida, where they work each and every day to improve the visual health of children and adults in Northeast Florida. The impact of the work that they do in the community truly is priceless, and the value that they represent to the people that they help is absolutely immeasurable. Enjoy my conversation with Cheryl. Let's jump into it. Cheryl, could you share from my audience what Vision is Priceless does in the Jacksonville community? So Vision is Priceless is a Jacksonville nonprofit that provides free vision screenings, eye exams, glasses, follow-up specialty care when needed, and sometimes even surgery to children and adults in the area. That's wonderful. Before we jump into the, the program and talking about the program, I'd love to step back for a second and talk about you. Is that is that fair? Sure. So tell me, what was your first job when you got out of school? So my first professional job was actually in a bank. Um, I worked as a, as a customer service agent in a bank in, um, in New Jersey. And I, I liked that job. I especially enjoyed the customer aspect part of it. But I kind of knew right away that wasn't really what I wanted to do long term. Wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I didn't think I wanted to be a banker. Yeah, I'd say that's a lot different than working in a nonprofit, huh? <laughs> Very much so, yes. <laughs> so when you got out of banking or when you decided that wasn't for you, did you did you always work in nonprofits? Was it was it something that you wanted to do or how did, how did you, I guess I'm, what I'm asking is how did you get to be working in, in the nonprofit sector? So when I, when I moved to Jacksonville, I um, went to work for the YMCA and it's, was kind of just a, a position that was available. It looked interesting to me. I took it and I honestly fell in love with it. 
I worked for the YMCA for almost 15 years in a lot of different capacities. And I just, I realized that what fulfilled me as a person, what really energized me was to be able to give back to the community, to do things in the community for others. The roles that I held in the organization were typically helping people with financial assistance, getting kids into summer camp and sports and different things that they wouldn't have been able to do in another location. So I was always excited about going to work and really liked what I did. And I knew then that that nonprofit was probably going to be for me. (laughs) I think that's really amazing. So what made you choose to get involved with Vision is Priceless? So I had actually resigned from the YMCA a few years earlier because my mother was sick with cancer. And I was fortunate enough to be able to stay home during that time and and spend a lot of time with her and kind of help my dad with caring for her. After she passed, it was a very difficult time for me. And I thought that maybe getting involved and going back to work, doing something would, would help me kind of get through that period of time. So I saw the position available at Vision is Priceless. It was interesting to me. So I applied and I started and I've been there. This November will actually be 10 years. So it's been a long time. (laughs) Well, congratulations. I appreciate you sharing that about you. And I'd love to learn more about Vision is Priceless and share with my audience. How did the agency get started in Jacksonville? So Vision is Priceless came into being in 1996. Before that, it was actually a chapter of Prevent Blindness here in Jacksonville. So the the board of directors of the Prevent Blindness chapter decided that there was a huge need in Jacksonville for our services, and they kind of wanted to keep the funding and services local. So they broke away from Prevent Blindness and a vision is priceless was was formed. That's wonderful. I think it's I mean, and they've, you guys have done a tremendous amount of good for the community. And I think that the organization itself looks far different today than what it looked like when it first started. Yes, absolutely. I think it, I think in its origin, in its core, it was based on vision screening, which is a really important thing for especially for for kids. We our agency still today provides close to 35,000 vision screenings for children in schools in the five-county area. So we screen kids in private schools, in religious schools. We do charter schools, preschools, daycare. Vision screening is a huge tool to alert families that a child is suffering from a vision problem. One in four students will suffer, suffer from some type of vision issue. And what I like to say is if you, if you can't see, you can't you can't read, you can't learn. It, it just makes education so difficult. However, it is still today one of the least looked at forms of preventative care. Parents take their children to the pediatrician for preventative care. We go see a dentist, but going to see an eye doctor just isn't something that people always think about. So the screenings are super important in that area because it alerts families to the fact that there could be something going on. Well, and just for my audience, as far as I know, it's probably a pretty basic thing, but but what is a vision screening? Like, so if they're, you know, if they're thinking that people probably think they know, but they may not know exactly what it is. So the way that we do vision screenings now are we utilize an instrument-based tool. Ours is the spot photo vision screener. It kind of looks like a Polaroid camera 
almost. It's got some, whoever invented it was really smart because they put little flashing lights in it and it chirps like a bird. So you get the kid's attention really quick. It takes about two seconds to screen and that instrument can, can determine whether the child has a refractive error or if there is an issue with amblyopia, strabismus, if they have a wand, you know, an eye that's moving in the, in a direction that it shouldn't be going. So it again is just a screening tool. That is just a tool that alerts us that there could possibly be a problem and you need to take your child to an eye doctor, the child in need of a full comprehensive eye exam. We also screen the adult side of the program. I, I'll get into the adults in a minute, but <laughs> sticking with the kids, um, those screenings basically have led us to the growth that we have had, the huge growth that we've had in our children's side of our program. It's called We call it our Sight and Schools program, but we have gone year after year after year to provide these vision screenings with kids. And what we noticed is that kids that were being screened and failing the vision screenings were failing repeatedly one year, the next year, the next year. So these are whole school years that are going by where the kids aren't seeing properly. They're struggling in class, but never receiving the care that they need, never coming back with a pair of glasses. So this was not okay to us. We were like, okay, this is great. We're providing the screening tool. We're alerting people. These children need help, but they're not getting the help that they need. Why? So of course there was a lot of research and a lot of looking into why these things were happening. And really what was determined was that there were just a good portion of the students who were just not able to get the care that they need for whatever reason that was, whether it was there was no insurance in the family, there was a barrier with transportation, there were just there were just things that kept them from getting what they needed. So rather than ignoring that, we decided we needed to do something about that. And that's kind of where our our site in schools program was actually born. Because what we do is we take a portable vision equipment into classrooms now, set it up and have an optometrist who works with us come in and we give full dilated eye exams right inside of the school. This alleviates almost every barrier that a child would actually have for getting an eye exam. All the exams are free. They're free to the families, free to the school. Everything is obviously not free. We have a lot of really generous funders in the community that help us do this. But we also provide the students with the glasses that they need at no charge for, for them. This program has had really, you know, was in the in the works for a while, but really kicked off in 2020, which was interesting because that was an interesting time. So sure. it was small. We did a little and it has grown and grown. Last school year, we did over 2,500 eye exams in schools for children. And now we have just purchased our very first mobile eye clinic. Our agency purchased a Sprinter van and it is currently, we've only had it for a couple of weeks and we are currently in the process of getting it wrapped. So hopefully people will see it around town with the big vision is priceless. Uh, but now we are really kind of in the driver's seat, so to speak, coming up to the to the school, we can just park right in front of a school in a bus loop. The students can come out to the van that the eye lane is inside. We'll give the kids their eye exams. They go right back to class. It alleviates, you know, any insurance barrier, any parents who have to work and can't get out of school. It helps with transportation issues. It helps with 
students missing class time. I mean, if you think about, even if, if there was no issue, a, a parent has to come to school, ch- sign a child out, take them to the doctors, wait for their appointment time, come, you know, come back. Sometimes kids miss a half a day or a whole day of school. The students that we see miss 30 minutes of class. So the, the glasses are returned to the school for the student also. So there's sure. nothing that they have to do. I know that we probably can't speak in specifics about this, but have you guys seen, you know, an improvement in those kids? Like, you know, since you started doing this, have any of the schools come back to you anecdotally and told you that these children are having, uh, you know, improved scores, improved grades and improved, you know, attitude towards school because they are able to see now? So many, (laughs) so many. It's actually amazing. Of course, you know, being a nonprofit, because everything that we do is grant funded, there are always there's always reporting and things that you you have to do. So we did set up a survey system so that we reached out to the schools. We would wait about between six and 12 weeks um, after the students received their glasses to, right. uh, to go back to the administrators and ask, have you seen any changes, changes in behavior, changes in, in gra- you know, grades, changes in participation. And we started just hoping that we would get some type of response because getting responses isn't isn't always easy. Um, sure. But the response that we have gotten has been overwhelming. As a matter of fact, last year, not one of the schools that participated in our program did not respond positively to us. Everyone responded and everyone responded overwhelmingly positively. We have stories about students, the younger students, especially who are just learning to read, who were shy and would sit in the back of the classroom, who now can't wait to, to get a turn to read to the class. We've heard about older students who have state tests, their scores come back better than they were. Some even who had had IEPs and needed extra time, and now they're just on regular schedule like the other students in their class. They don't even need the extra time. We've seen a lot of older students. Those get me sometimes because these are kids who have gone for years through school and have really gotten behind. And and it, it doesn't have anything to do with their ability to right. achieve academically. It had everything to do with the fact that they just couldn't see. Carol, I think what you guys do in the community and for the schools is tremendous. Do you have a favorite story or do you have something that's kind of stuck with you and and just kind of pulls on your heartstrings and, you know, really makes you feel like what you're doing is worth it? I do, actually. Actually, there's there's two stories that always stick with me that kind of really inspire me to do what we do. When we first began doing these clinics inside of schools, one of the first students I ever met was a 17-year-old girl who was in her senior year of high school. So, you know, the, the kids, are they, they come in and they're waiting to see the doctor and you talk to them, you just try to get to know them a little bit. And I thought, oh, it's, you know, it's your senior year. There's a lot of excitement around that, things going on. And even she was a super sweet girl and very, very talkative, but her, she relayed her experience, her academic experience, and it was very, very negative. She did not like school. She was she couldn't wait to graduate. She just wanted to get out. She was concerned that she was not going to graduate. Um, She definitely didn't want to go to college. She didn't want to go to trade school. She just wanted to be finished with school and try to move into the next stage of life. The reason she was there with us 
because she had just applied for a job at a store that was a little bit away from her house and she was going to have to get a driver's license. She didn't have a driver's license at the time. She was going to need a driver's license to get back and forth to work. When she went to the DMV to try to get her license, she failed the vision test. So she couldn't get her license. She was super excited that we were there, but she came in and when the doctor gave her the examination, she discovered that she had a pretty, a pretty strong refractive error, which it just, it just was so impactful to me because I thought this girl struggled for 12 years in school and had such a negative experience which really probably had everything to do with the fact that she just couldn't see well. And no one had ever detected that for her. She had never had an eye exam. She had obviously never had a pair of glasses and just struggled year after year after year. And it was just, it just pulled at me because I thought a, a simple pair of glasses, this is it. This is a 30 minute, you know, right. a 30 minute exam and your whole educational life could be different it changes the the trajectory of your whole life absolutely and it wasn't probably maybe about six weeks after that we were in an elementary school and a little a little girl she came bopping in the room she was super full of life fun hey what's going on she wanted to know what everything you know everything was what all the equipment was what were we going to do she just was she was full of life and she was really smart. I mean, I spend a lot of time around a lot of kids and she was a really, really smart second grader. And it was interesting because the nurse came up and she spoke to me and she said, we need to get her eye exam done because we're working on her IEP. She is very behind in class and we're going to try to get her some specialized help so she can try to catch up. And it just, something about it just didn't ring true with me. It just didn't seem, she just seemed so bright. And when she had her eye exam done, the doctor discovered that her visual issue was up close. So those get missed even more with kids because she could sit across the room and and look at the TV just fine. Or, you know, somebody's in the other room, her mom's right. making hand motions. She can see that, but she had difficulty trying to, to read. So that was one of the like, moments where I was like, look at this, like here we are now for her when she's only in second grade. If somebody had been there for the, the senior in high school, her, her life could be different, you know, and now this little girl's got a whole new outlook on everything. So those things really, they, they impact me, they hit me. I still, I get goosebumps. They make me tear up all the time, but it, to watch it, to watch a, a student, a child put on a pair of glasses for the first time and actually see it, it it's a very cool experience. And I feel super blessed to be able to be part of that, to be able to, to, to do that, see that. No, so. no doubt, no doubt. Well, and any what you just said too, it's you've got people who are being mistaken that they have learning disabilities, or it creates a frustration to where they hate school, or they get in trouble, or they, you know, they act out. And it's all you of said it things. You said it earlier, but it's, it's if it's as simple as providing them a pair of glasses or providing them the service that they need to where they can continue their career in learning, if you will, for the first part of their life. And have a different experience, have a more positive experience. The trajectory of their whole life changes. It's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. It really does.
Yes, no, it, it, you're and you're a hundred percent right because there, there's a, the kids that we are that we are servicing that we are seeing have so many barriers already in in their ed- educational life and elsewhere. And if we can just provide this service to them to actually make that just a little bit easier, make the road a little bit better, then you know that's really what we want to do. No doubt. Well, and it's crazy because if, if a kid if a kid broke their arm or if a kid had, you know, something that was causing them pain, then they then they complain to their parents and they say, my arm hurts or my leg hurts or whatever it is. But when you if you've had a progressive, you know, I don't want to call it's not necessarily a disease, but a, but, you know, if your if your eyes aren't working properly, you don't know that they're working, that they're not working properly. It's something that you're born with or it's something that it's just normal to you. So for it, it's very difficult for somebody to communicate about something that is just, you know, it just feels like regular life to you. So that's, I think it's absolutely amazing that you guys are being so proactive with these kids and, and really taking the approach of identifying, you know, making sure that there isn't a problem with all of them that are in the schools that way that the you identify the ones that do have it. And hopefully it improves their life exponentially moving forward from that point on. This is something that, you know, they didn't even know was a problem that is now taken care of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it is, it does seem that simple and, and it is that simple, but it, but it's not like it is, it has been such a a large problem in our school system. And just, just the overwhelming request for our services proves how important and how big of a need there is into the, in the community for this. As I said, we really got started with this in 2020 and I, I believe we did about 350 eye exams that year. Now it's hard to compare. It's not really comparing apples to apples because that was a, a weird time and not everybody was even at school. No doubt. But to, to think that in three years, we went from 300 people to or 300 student exams to 2,500 student exams is just, it's just huge. And the honest truth is we have more and more schools, more and more students requesting our services all of the time. So it's definitely something that's important, I think, to do in the community. No doubt. No doubt. So let's, let's switch gears for a second. I know that everyone always likes to talk about kids. Everyone, you know, it always, it always (laughs) affects people, you know, emotionally when you talk about children, but you guys do a tremendous amount for the adults in our community as well. Yes, we absolutely do. We have a whole adult side of our program. So we also provide vision screenings to adults. With the adult side of the program, the numbers are smaller as far as screening-wise. I think we screen about 3,500 adults each year. Some of that is because by the time a person is an adult, they typically know whether or not their vision is is impaired. So whereas you know we screen 35,000 children each year, there's about a 10 to 12% referral rate. So about 10 to 12% of those kids actually need glasses. Um, okay. In the adult side of the program, we screen 3,500 adults, but about 97% of the adults that we screen actually need uh, eye right. care because they, they know that they need it. That's why they're coming to us. So we provide our screenings at, in, the, in the community, at church events, at health fair events, at other social service agencies who are targeted, the same population that we, that we serve. We will screen anyone. So sometimes in in community events, people come and they, you know, they get screened and they're like, oh, you should, you know, we let them know you should go and get your eyes checked. We have free reading glasses that we can give out in the community. 
But if, a, if an adult comes to us, has a vision screening, and they have an income that is at or below 200% of the federal poverty guideline, and they have no insurance that covers vision, then we can also work with that patient to get them a free eye exam and a free pair of glasses also if, if they need that. All of those services are made possible by the, the extremely generous vision care community in Jacksonville. So there are a lot of doctors, uh, vision doctors in Jacksonville willing to work with us. Some who will see our clients, our patients right in their office, just as another patient. But of course, there's right. no charge for that service. And then we also have a clinic in Arlington. We have a an extremely good working relationship with the Arlington Lions Club. And if you know anything about the Lions Club, you know that their main focus or one of their main focuses is vision. And so there are some really amazing guys over there in Arlington who have a clinic, full eye lane, all of the necessary equipment, everything that you need, and a building that's like a doctor's office. We go to Arlington at least once a week, sometimes more, depending on how many volunteer doctors we can find, and set up for the for the morning, afternoon, which is usually about a four-hour period, where a volunteer doctor will come in and provide free eye exams for our clients. Typically can see anywhere between 10 and 20 patients during that time frame, and they are able to choose frames, get glasses, and anything else they need. So I think that's really great. Your agency focuses on screenings and making sure that people have the glasses that they need. But what happens when somebody has a deeper problem or thing or, or more of an issue that needs to be addressed with their sight? So funny you should say that because we did learn over time with, with more and more services that we delivered that there are always going to be a certain percentage of folks that the optometrist will see for an eye exam, and then they determine that they have a bigger problem going on. We do have an, a network, a referral system for that. We have some phenomenal ophthalmologists in our community who are willing to see some of our patients for other issues, bigger issues. And then we also have a process in which we can help people get connected with UF Health or another you know, agency. Sometimes we help them connect with marketplace insurance, or a process for them to get the care that we need. So we never stop if someone comes to us and they need more than glasses to make sure that they have an avenue to get the care that they need. So what do you see as the greatest challenge for VIP moving forward? So I, what, what I feel like <laughs> from the, I'm the program side of it is that the need in Jacksonville just keeps growing. The population keeps growing and the more people there are, the more need for our services. Um, we get requests all of the time for schools for us to come in and do the site and school services. We also have lots of adults in our program needing eye exams. It's really just going to be recruiting more vision professionals in our community willing to, to help us, to give us a few hours on a Saturday or see a few patients in their office. And then our hope is that once we're proficient with our new Sprinter van, we may even be able to, to get to a point where we have two clinics running each day. But right now we have, you know, our team in schools every every school day, and we're hoping to be able to double that in the next few years. There, the need is definitely here in the community. So it's just going to be 
a matter of funding. And a matter That's what of- I was going to say. I was thinking with all of those additional services, you probably are going to have a, a, a greater demand for funding or a greater demand for, for donations and, and fundraising that come to the organization. Absolutely. Expansion in a nonprofit definitely comes with additional funding. So we are always looking at different opportunities. We also are always looking for additional funding to grow, to expand. I got to imagine also with the with the additional services, additional people that need to be seen, it does, probably doesn't hurt to have more doctors volunteering their time either. No. If anybody hears this and wants to to give a helping hand, that would be wonderful. It's a it's a fairly simple process. I, I think if, if you could give a few minutes, I would be happy to talk to them, give them an idea about what we do. But we would love to have the help of, of anybody that was willing. So if people want to learn more and if they want to get involved with your organization, what's the best way for them to contact you guys? Uh, the absolute best way to contact us is through our website. It's just visionispriceless.org. Excellent. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate what you guys do in the Jacksonville community and uh, look forward to seeing what comes next. Thanks, Jesse. So before we wrap up, I just want to share some statistics of the things that Vision is Priceless has been able to accomplish over the last year. They've provided over 38,600 vision screenings in the Northeast Florida community. They were able to provide 4,000 eye exams to people who have needed them. They've handed out over 4,400 pairs of eyeglasses. And they've had surgeons provide over 100 surgeries to the Northeast Florida community. Team over at Vision is Priceless do a great job serving those that need vision care in the Northeast Florida area, but it would be impossible without the amazing eye care professionals that work and volunteer their time each and every day to partner with Vision is Priceless to make their mission achievable. So a big shout out goes to all of you for the amazing work that you do and a heartfelt thank you from all of those that call this area home. That's going to do it for us this week. I'll catch you guys next time.